Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What up, Montana? Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Happy to be here with you on a Friday. Because it's a Friday, that means I'm mainline and iced coffee. <laughs> you should be too. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me. Yo. Colter Nuanas, thanks so much for being with us here today. Listen to that baseline on the way in. It was funny because I've been uh, having a lot of nostalgia because it is our 10th anniversary here at ESPN Radio. You can still see the remnants of the, the sweet uh, red white and black balloons that they uh, gave us. We had a little cake the other day. So delicious. I've only been a, uh, a contributor to this, though. I have nothing to do with the spearheading of it. So this is a celebration of a lot of people that came uh, before me. But I've been thinking a lot about sort of the, the history of this show and, and the 10 years we have been doing this here on a, on 1029 uh, FM ESPN Radio. 
And I was thinking about the first time I ever hosted the show by myself when Ryan Tutel was gone. I <laughs> I played a couple. I'm a I'm a really big Metallica fan. There's definitely a whole variety of like the the hardcore nature of Metallica. They have several albums that are mm-hmm. incredibly hardcore mm-hmm. and several that are more just like hard rock. They gravitated away from the heavy metal a lot in their second half of their career, which I actually mostly prefer. Uh, but I played Eye of the Beholder as my <laughs> intro song. And uh, our producer at the time, Reese, he loved it because he loved thrash metal. And uh, everybody There's a else, name I haven't thought about in a while. Right? Everybody was texted in, though. Um, are you okay, bro? Like, what kind of music are you listening to right now? So, funny. We got a good theme today, though. As I always like to do, I curate the, the playlists every single day. But it's particularly fun when Rajim's in studio. And uh, so today, we're going to play a little game. All the songs I got, except for the last one, is just a, a classic. But all the rest of the songs I got are either the original of what became a very famous sampled hip-hop song or vice versa, a famous hip-hop song that is a sample. I want to know if you know any of these. Actually, I didn't even know a couple of these songs were samples, so uh, we'll see. But stay, stay tuned for that. Lots of fun music chatter for you like we always do on a Friday. Also, a ton of other stuff to get to. The uh, A couple guys with Montana ties, deep Montana ties, of the college football ranks have been tearing it up at the various All-Star games. Samari Toure, who graduate transferred to Nebraska, he played the East-West Shrine game last night. And then Troy Anderson of Montana State, he plays in the Senior Bowl tomorrow. So we'll talk a little bit about those guys, plus basketball results last night. The men Grizz lose on the road at Weber State. The Lady Grizz beat Weber State just by the blink of an eye. Sophia Stiles buries a buzzer beater to lift the Lady Grizz in Missoula last night to a two-point victory. Montana State, don't look now. Bobcats are in first place in the women's standings after they won their sixth game in 14 days, six in a row for the Bobcats as they take down defending champion Idaho State in Bozeman last night. Big win for Trisha Benford's squad. So we will hear a few pieces of sound in this show. Sophia Stiles and Brian Holzinger from the uh, Montana Lady Grizz, as well as Travis Takir uh, from the Montana Men Grizz, and uh, also some analysis from Andrew Houghton about that Montana State-Idaho State game because uh, our producer, our guy in the back, he was uh, watching that one and covering it for us at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Montana State men no game last night, so they play in Weber, uh, in Ogden, at Weber on Saturday. So also preview that because Weber State beating Montana – Strengthens Weber State's hold on first place in the Big Sky Conference. Well, we got another first place showdown now with MSU going in there on Saturday. And if Weber wins, they are fully in the driver's seat. If the Cats win, they can affirm themselves as a true championship contender. And Montana State in basketball has not, in men's basketball has not been a championship contender pretty much my entire time working in sports media. So, uh, Danny Spriggle's doing a heck of a job, and it will be a great game at the Purple Palace on Saturday. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, an old man who's the head coach and general manager of one of the most storied franchises in the NFL. And like many old men that fill a variety of roles in our society, he can't send texts properly. And that's the comedy of it, but there's a huge serious note to this as well. I I joke only to lighten the blow, but what's going on with Brian Flores and the NFL and the class action lawsuit that's coming down the pipe? This is some serious stuff. I think it's uh, something that is necessary, and we'll get into that, uh, just the ins and outs of of equality or lack thereof in a league like the NFL. I know Rajim has a lot to say about that. We're also going to then lighten it up and talk a little bit about some of the guys that signed on Wednesday. It was National Signing Day on Wednesday, but we are on ESPN Missoula. I know we're coming to you statewide all over SWX as well as YouTube. 
Well, we are here on ESPN Missoula, and uh, three guys from Missoula High School signed with uh, the Grizzlies on Saturday, or excuse me, on Wednesday, and they'll be playing on Saturdays for the Grizz. Joe Wada and Drew Klump from Missoula Sentinel, as well as Ian Finch from Missoula Hellgate. Rajim spends a lot of time coaching and mentoring in the community, so he has a pretty good gauge on some of these young guys. So we'll get some thoughts from him uh, on the Missoula guys, as well as some thoughts from Bobby Houck on the Missoula guys as well. Save that piece of sound for you uh, here today. Also, a new way of doing this. You're used to hearing Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, on Thursdays, but now... She'll be joining us on Fridays. We recorded it yesterday, though, and Rajim was kind enough to swing down here and hang out with us. So uh, a sort of three-subject, or I guess three-contributor, check who doesn't know sports, with myself, Rajim, and Carolyn. So stay tuned for that, top of the hour. And then, of course, we haven't even talked about Championship Sunday from a week ago. It seemed crazy that it has been uh, that long, but the Super Bowl on the horizon, Super Bowl week starts next week, so we'll talk a little bit about the matchup between... uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Los Angeles Rams. I almost forgot who's playing in the Super Bowl. How crazy is that? When you just get into the rhythm and rhyme of life. Because you're used to saying Mahomes or Brady, <laughs> Mahomes or Brady, Mahomes or Brady. So it's like, wait a second, there's there's new names, there's different colors in the Super Bowl. I don't I don't blame you for that. But. You got to love it. As always, we're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Find amazing winter savings at Northwest Motorsport. You can visit nwmsrocks.com. For the biggest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, SUVs, and more, take back the road with Northwest Motor Sports. If you want to stream the show, you can always go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live and you'll find the stream. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888 Remember it because we got three, count them, three different prizes for you today. We have a four-pack of tickets to the Lady Grizz game against Idaho State tomorrow, 205 tip. That's one. We got a six-pack and a sandwich from Warden's Market. That's two. <laughs> Reggie wants it. It's my birthday almost. What's <laughs> up? Your birthday is officially when? Next Thursday. Next Thursday. So that's the is that the ninth? The tenth. The tenth almost. Okay. But I'm I'm in the week. I'm okay. within the birthday okay. week. Word. Oh, well, you are. I mean, you're, you got your presents from his little broadcasting company. What's up? We got some cake in the back. We can eat that. That well. one was delicious. Yeah, good. Got good. I'm glad somebody's eating it up. They're trying to make me take it home, and trust me, I don't need any more cake. Uh and then the third prize, we'll get, we got uh, a new prize from the AC Hotel. We got you to try the brunch for several months uh, with some mimosas and stuff. We're making it easier on you because we got a lot of feedback. People love the brunch. They love going down to the AC Hotel, but they said, hey, we'd actually rather just have the booze after dark. So we got a couple craft cocktails for you from the AC Hotel. Of course, you must be 21 years old to win, but we got a couple craft cocktails from one of the new and uh, hippest places in downtown Missoula, so stay tuned for that. What's going on, man? How was your week? Anything big in your world uh, besides your birthday coming up? You know, just the birthday. Uh, you're, not, had, you're not quite to the, the half century mark yet, though. I am, buddy. I'm I'm not even knocking on the door. My nose is firmly planted <laughs> on it. You know what I'm saying? Are you, are you one of those that uh, considers certain birthdays more milestone-esque than, than others? I guess will you, you celebrate know, your 50th for, birthday as, as a, uh, I, a moment in time? I definitely will because I'm, I'm like... I'm having like the reverse Benjamin Buttons moment. I am much better looking knocking on 50 than I was ever <laughs> in my 20s. Like it's kind of a weird like phenomenon. Like when I look at my, me and Tom Brady are on the same uh, you know trajectory. <laughs> I'm looking better as I age than I did. I, in my I need your years. Sec- I need your secrets. Bro. Um, we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> okay. Um, 
No, I will celebrate it. I, I, I think for me in particular, um, not to get too far into the personal, delve too far into the personal. When I turn 50, I'm actually going to, I'm not a big birthday celebrator for mm, myself sure. ever. Um, but when I when I hit 50, I will because growing up where I grew up, by the time I hit 50, I will have exceeded my what was supposed to be my life expectancy wow. by almost 30 years. Wow, I can't wait to hear this story. So, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have overcome what society thought I was supposed to be. And and not being a statistic in that category, so yeah, I will celebrate that five zero pretty 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 tightly. Well, whatever doesn't kill us only makes us stranger and stronger. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you, and I'm glad you're making it to any and all ages of Let's life. Because I love hanging out with you. I already mainlined my coffee, Rajim. He's sitting over here sipping on a little pounding it, uh, twelve ounce Americano. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Izzy and the folks over at Florence Coffee for hooking us up. It's a Friday; you can stay up late. No matter where you're at in Missoula, there's a Florence Coffee Company near you go hit it up you don't have to get coffee either you can always get tea you know lotus those are the boys in the back used to love those lotuses That's what, if i'm not pounding as you would say mainlining yeah yeah the best brewed beverage on the on the planet i'm all about that blue raspberry lotus it's so good it's definitely so good let's talk some hoops let's go baby nuana's now espn radio as well as swx montana television we're actually going to come back to those guys that are playing those all-star games because they'll fit better in with the uh the NFL portion of this show. But let's start with the game in Ogden last night. First place on the line between the Montana men's basketball team and Weber State. Uh, um, a matchup rich with intrigue for a variety of reasons. One, Weber State alone in first place in the conference entering the contest. 10-1 in Big Sky Conference play. But that one loss in Big Sky Conference play came in Missoula New Year's Day to the University of Montana. Montana men, they've won six out of seven heading into last night, including four in a row. They seem like, as a, as a collective group, they'd really turned a corner. And the last factor is that Montana had won nine out of ten against Weber State. It's the one team in the league that's one of the elite teams that Montana has utterly dominated over the last handful of years. Travis Secure just owns Randy Ray, and that, that's just the flat <laughs> way that it is. But last night, not so much. Kobe McEwen... A Marquette transfer for Weber State. He went nuts. 32 points, got to the free throw line, shot 20. Count them, 20 free throws. Mm. 19 of 20 from the free throw line. And Weber State outlasts Montana, 80 to 75. So um, a great win for Weber. And now they're 11-1 in the league. And they got Montana State coming to town on Saturday. If you could get to 12-1 and and you have already and you complete a season sweep of the Bobcats and you, and you split with the Grizz, you're in hog heaven if you're Weber State. On the flip side, though, the question I have for you, Rajib, yeah. is Montana, they stole one from Weber State uh, in Missoula. And I, it's hard to say that it's it, the Grizz are ever stealing a win when they're playing on their home court. I mean, right, right. this team's unbelievably good on their home court. They're undefeated at home so far this season. They got a 13-game winning streak at home dating back to last year. But I actually think that Here's the thing in the big sky right now. We sort of have this cut and dry top four and maybe top five if Northern Colorado is in there. But the Montana schools and Weber State and Southern Utah are sort of the defined top four right now in the big sky. I actually think that Montana losing last night to Weber State is good for them. Agreed. So tell me why. I I, I think it kind of, when you're at the top of your game and you're considered the cream of the crop, sometimes your mindset 
isn't right. Sometimes a health, a, a, not that a loss is ever healthy, but sometimes a loss puts things into perspective. Sure. And sometimes you learn a, more from a loss. A lot of learn, coaches will I, tell you. And as a coach myself, I learn so much more from losing than I ever do from winning. When I win, I already know how I won. I, I, I won halfway through the game. Sure. Right, right, right. But losing like this, this humbles you. It kind of goes back to what works versus what doesn't work. And it also makes you think we have the opportunity to get better. We're not as good as we thought. It's a great ego check, if not for anything else. Well, I also think that just in terms of the potential for these two teams rematching in the Big Sky Tournament. It's and large. I, and I believe that that's, it's definitely going to be, I, I expect those four teams I named to be the last four teams playing in the tournament. I do think that this league is incredibly tiered right now. Northern Colorado and Eastern Washington are the only other two teams that if they somehow upset one of those teams in the tournament, it wouldn't surprise me. But you're not going to see a lot of upsets in the Big Sky Tournament. I think no, it's going to be chalk to the semifinals. So then where the matchups lie, there is a good chance that Montana-Weber State matchup again. And I think that the Grizzlies having the confidence that they won last uh, time around in Missoula, mm-hmm. and then they went to Ogden and competed, mm-hmm. and you know that's, the, that's probably the toughest place to play in the league other than Montana. Montana yeah. You didn't roll over and die. You, t- you took it all the way down the wire. It was a one-possession game in the last 30 seconds, and you just you ended up coming up short. I think it brings a motivational factor for Travis to cure. But also, here's the cut and dry of it all. Regardless of all this uh, ins and outs of, of it's so hard to beat a team three times in one year or any of that stuff, Montana still disowns Weber State when it comes to these two coaches. So, But I do think that it would have been a little bit more tenuous for the Grizzlies had they swept Weber and then met them in the conference tournament. I, just, I think that last night losing – in terms of postseason, sets up Montana okay. It sets them up okay, okay as well. I said okay like I was buckwheat. <laughs> I am tired, folks. Uh, I, what I like about it is it, it allows them to kind of go back to the drawing board. How do we lose? What can we do? How do we get better? And I just think that Travis DeCure and the boys are going to take that loss in stride, uh, minus the pride, and make it better. Because I already know, come game three, it's up with Montana boys. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear a couple minutes of the post-game interview last night from Travis DeCure with a friend of this show and voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. Riley, kind enough to allow us to use the first two minutes of this. So uh, here is Travis DeCure, eighth-year head basketball coach for the Montana Grizzlies following their 80-75 loss at Weber State in Ogden, Utah last night. Coach Travis DeCure joining us now. Coach, tough one to swallow. Your team competed for 40 minutes, but what are some of your general takeaways? Um, <laughs> tough one to swallow. You know, I, I guess we fouled too much. Um, we should never put a guy at the line for 20 free throws in a game. But um, we, we, played our, we played our hearts out. I, I feel that there's no reason to question our effort or energy. Uh, I felt like the guys went out and executed a lot of things. We defended very well. Um, you know, we, we had we had long stretches where they couldn't get shots they wanted, uh, and it was the only way for them to get the ball to go to the basket. So I, I thought we played a good basketball game, especially to be on the road here. Um, tough one, you know. But Dylan Jones jumped up and, and made shots when they really needed them, um, which is why he's, you know, he's definitely a uh, first-team conference player. There's no doubt about it. His 12th double-double of the year as well. Josh Bannon for the Grizzlies had his ninth double-double of the year. How'd you feel as the game played out? Because neither team had more than a six-point lead the entire game. But at halftime, you're leading by two. Kobe McEwen had 21. No one else had anything going. What was kind of your general thought as the game played out? Well, we really, we, were, we didn't have a 
a whole lot of adjustments to make because we were defending very well. We were getting good shots. Um, the things we were looking for before the game were there. Um, our biggest thing was to keep them off the line the best we could, and we would we would get in transition. Um, and, you know, I thought we did a good job getting back. Uh, we held them 39% in the first half, and they really didn't make a lot of field goals. So we, we felt good about where we were. We thought that there's a couple of loose balls and a couple of guys we left open. They weren't the top of the, of, the, of the depth chart in terms of shooting, but we didn't want uncontested shots, and, and we, we gave up those three threes that we probably shouldn't have, uh, and, and we felt we'd have been up double fingers. So we said, hey, look, we just go out to the same thing. No more breakdowns. It will be fine. And I felt... Leo Duan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Travis DeCure from the Grizzly Radio Network, courtesy of Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Appreciate that. Riley will be back with us next week. Uh, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays when he can mostly count on Riley to be swinging by. We'll be recording with him mostly on Tuesdays, but we'll play uh, pieces of those uh, each week. I'm also <laughs> unbeknownst to me until he told me live on the radio last week. Uh, I'm jumping on his Inside the Den podcast as well to analyze the signing day class for the University of Montana and Montana State, so you can stay tuned uh, for that as well. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. Hey. Let's talk some Lady Grizz. Last night, Montana, <laughs> the ebbs and flows, unbelievable. The roller coaster of the Lady Grizz ride sometimes is fascinating. I do think that uh, there's some there's some lingering mental habits for this University of Montana women's basketball team that stem from just the the turmoil and uh, this the unbelievable volunti- volatility that almost defined the program the last five years between Shan Schwein and Mike Petrino. And uh, I, I do think that Brian Holsinger is doing a good job. I think Montana is much improved. I, I think the stuff they're running and uh, just the way that uh, the game is operated from a substitution and, and schematic perspective is significantly improved. But they still have moments where things start to go outside their control or or adversity hits and they spiral. And uh, they're getting better, but they had a pretty bad spiral last night. They were dominating the game against Weber State for about the first 14 minutes. Then they had a full meltdown to end the first half, and Weber went on a 12-2 run mm-hmm. to close the first half. Then out of the locker room, nothing adjusted, and, and, and more importantly, no spark for the Lady Grizz, and Weber scores 12 more straight. So that's a 24-2 run to take an 11-point Lady Grizz lead, turn it on its head, and Weber State holds a 15-point lead midway through the third quarter at Dahlberg Arena. The Dahlberg Faithful, which was a decent crowd last night, about 2,200 was the announced attendance. Decent crowd, but they were sort of waiting for the moment to get up on their feet and, and spur the Lady Grizz on. The moment wouldn't come, the moment wouldn't come. Well, then the moment finally came. Beginning of the fourth quarter, Sammy Facken had a steal out in transition. She ended up scoring six in a row. Then Abby Anderson had a steal into a transition layup. And the Lady Grizz went on a, enough of a run. But then again... The adversity rears its ugly head, and Montana has a little bit of trouble uh, trying to close this thing out. And it all comes down to then, with 16 seconds to go, Lady Grizz have the ball. Brian Holsinger decides to not take a timeout. Instead, he puts the ball in his, the hands of his point guard, Sophia Styles. She, she'll tell you the logistics of all this in just one minute, but she buries about an 18-footer at the horn. Lady Grizz wins 61-59, so it wasn't pretty. Weber State's only a four-win team in Big Sky Conference play, but it's a win nonetheless, especially after a 10-day break spurred on by a COVID outbreak in the Lady Grizz program. And uh, that was the first time on the court since they got beat by Montana State in Bozeman. So a welcome um, cleansing of the palate, as it were, for the Lady Grizz. And uh, Montana now 6-3 and three in Big Sky Conference play. Sophia Styles, former two-time Montana Gatorade Player of the Year from Malta, 
Hard to believe, but she's a senior now. Certainly the biggest shot of her career. Actually surprising, as she will tell you right here. The first buzzer breeder she's ever hit in her whole life. Sophia Styles following Lady Grizz victory last night. Thanks for the last shot. Did you think he was going to call a timeout, and did you like that he didn't? Because you kind of got to get in the flow. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to call a timeout. I looked at him, and he just gave me a nod and said to go at 6. I went at 4, so I was a little off. But, yeah, I, I liked having the flow for sure. But hitting that shot, though, I mean, you guys kind of lost control in this game for a little while, but then rallied all the way back, so pretty fun way to win it. Yeah, for sure. The crowd was in it big time with us, and I think that that helped us with our momentum throughout the third and the fourth. But, um, yeah, I feel like it was just like uh, the icing on top. In that moment, I guess, how do you kind of stay calm when, as the clock, you know, six seconds isn't much time to work with, and I don't know if that, was that the plan to get kind of a mid-range jumper like that? No, I think it was definitely for me to try and rack it, but I went a little late, and so I was like, there's no way you're getting to there, so I just pulled up. I guess, how do you stay calm in a situation like that, knowing like the clock's winding down, everybody's screaming, like, how, how did you kind of stay calm there? Yeah, I mean, we practice it every day. Coach Holsinger's always on me, and if I ever miss at practice, he makes me go again. He tells me I can't miss, so I guess that was just a product of that. Have you ever hit a buzzer reader before? To tonight? Never. Really? really? Okay. So, I mean, just the moment, emotions, getting mobbed by your teammate, just what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, when it first went in, I was just like a little shocked, and then everyone just mauled me, and it was it was so much fun. It'll be something I, I'll never forget. The Cats beat uh, Idaho State. Just how much are you looking forward to that one Saturday, and what's the challenges playing there? Yeah, I mean, they're a really good team. They're super physical. I miss them in Pocatello, so I'm, so I'm excited to get my first crack at them. Um, but they... They're a well-rounded team. They're very well-coached. They're disciplined on defense. So I'm just excited to to play another top-level team. So you go, Sophia Stiles, University of Montana senior point guard, after hitting the game-winning shot to lift Montana to a 61-59 victory over Weber State last night, Dahlberg Arena. You want us now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. You want to go to the Grizz game tomorrow? Montana hosts Idaho State, the defending league champs. It's a big game for Montana, not only because there's defending champs in town, not only because there's jockeying for position in the conference standings, but also because when Idaho State was here last year, that's the worst I ever seen the Lady Grizz get waxed at home. Straight up, point blank, period. They lost by like 30, and uh, it wasn't pretty. It, it was it was stunning to watch Idaho State just roll Montana. Granted, no Dahlberg faithful there. That does make it a lot, quote-unquote, easier to play in Missoula, but for a program with such unbelievably proud tradition like the Lady Grizz, they just don't lose by 30 on their home court. And I know that uh, Seton Sobolewski, who we heard from yesterday, um, he wouldn't tell you on the record, but he took a lot of a pride in, uh, in in drilling Montana like that on their home court. So uh, interesting to see. But y- you want to go to the game tomorrow, watch the defending Big Sky champs? Call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. We got a four-pack of tickets to the Montana-Idaho State basketball game. Tomorrow, 2 p.m., Dahlberg Arena. Call us right now, 888-1029. Caller number two got a four-pack of tickets to the Lady Grizz game down there at Dahlberg, 2 p.m. tomorrow. Brian Holsinger following the action. He talks about the shot that won the game. He also talks about the meltdown that didn't end in a loss and what he thinks of those Bengals coming to town. 
Yeah, I just felt, you know, I'd used some timeouts to, to stop the bleeding earlier in the game. And so I just felt like it was a good flow, uh, stopping things. And just it, it was more of a feel than anything. You just kind of feel it out. And you're like, I knew what I wanted to do at the, in that moment anyways. And so I'm like, I didn't need a timeout to tell her what to do at that moment. We had enough time. And so I wanted to space the floor and let her let her create. And she hadn't shot it well all game, so I don't know if that was a good idea. But it actually ended up being great. So... Sophia off the dribble from mid-range, though. I mean, that's one of her best shots. So, I mean, you must like that shot as a coach. Oh, I like it better than her layup tonight. Totally. Like, it was <laughs> you know, she had a few layups tonight that, that we that didn't go in that I thought she should have made. And so she's just really good. When she plays right and she plays aggressive, um, I'm tr- starting to always honor Like, everything is set up by your aggressiveness. If you continue to be aggressive, then everything else is easier, all the passes, all everything. And so it's just a process of learning, you know. Unfortunately, she's, like, old at this point, right. and it's, I'm trying to get her just always coming off looking to score. That kind of starts everything else. And so tonight it paid off, and she hit a big shot. You guys dominated that first quarter in the paint, and I think that you feel and Anderson both at 9 of 10. Mm-hmm. But then we were sort of flipped. Did they change anything what they were doing guarding the post? Yeah, good question. I, you know, I, 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 at halftime I was so frustrated right. because I'm like, guys, we have 20 points in the paint just scoring inside easy. And for some reason, we went to the bench and our bench just came out and shot some really weird shots. Like, yeah. honestly, just shots that I'm like, this is not, this is out of character. These aren't in rhythm. Why are we all of a sudden bombing three-pointers when what was working just continued what was working and then you know we made an adjustment and really started to deny some of our entry passes there in the second half and made it a little harder to run some of the stuff we wanted to run and so you know I told the team I say hey we have counters for that we haven't got to them yet but we'll we'll get that we got to get the ball inside more we just have to it's, it's really good for us obviously well they had that 12 point run to start the third quarter too so it's 24 to 2 at that point the run what did you do to stop the bleeding though and what did you think of the spark that some of the uh, transition gave you yeah, you know, I, at that point, I'm, like, looking at our staff, I'm like, are we ever going to score again in this game? I'm like, geez, it was, you know, you always blame them at that point. But I'm like, you know, I, I called timeout, and I said, listen, nothing matters. The score doesn't matter right now. It doesn't. I said, don't even look at the score. The score does not matter. What matters is that we just start playing the right way. Like, if we start defending, it starts on defense, right? And that's why Kendall Kettle came in and just gave us a huge lift. I mean, huge. Like, her energy, and I told the team this, her energy and her urgency to defend rubbed off on everybody. It just rubbed off all around over the floor. And so she changed the momentum of the game. She actually did it more than anybody. And obviously, Sammy made huge plays, and, and Abby made a good play. And people made plays, but her energy changed everything for us. It different than a lot of the teams in the league. I know it's your first year in the league, but how would you just describe them? They just sort of have a different style than most of the other teams. Valeria does a good job. She does. You know, they um, they defend really well. They're very physical. They play really good help side defense. Um, they make things hard. Uh, they run offense over and over and over and over. So they make you defend for long periods of time, and then you make a mistake, and they take advantage of it. And so she does a good job, and she's a good coach. Um, you know, I... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I had it's like my first year, and I didn't know a lot, but I'm really impressed with how physical and how tough our kids are. And uh, another physical tough team coming here on Saturday. So what do you think of the challenge of the defending champs coming to town? Yeah, we're excited. I mean, like I said, we, we didn't play our best there. We didn't have Soph. Um, they're physical, they're tough, and they're good. They're super experienced. Seton doesn't – I mean, these I – tell, I tell a lot of people this. I, you know, I coached in the Pac-12 for a long time, and the coaches in this league are really good. They're, they know what they're doing. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's. It'll be a game. It'll be a chess match. They'll, they'll adjust back and forth, and we'll adjust. And um, you know, they they have a very spread out style style of basketball where they're kind of all the same size, and they'll spread us out. And we're we're gonna go inside. There's no. I mean, he knows it. I know it. We're gonna, our advantage is inside. His is on the perimeter, and so we're just different styles, and we'll see what we can do here.
Different styles tomorrow. That's exactly right. Congratulations to our winner, Kyle, for uh, the four-pack Lady Grizz tickets to see Idaho State at Montana in women's basketball. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Montana State, their women's basketball team, they are now in first place in the Big Sky Conference after beating those said Idaho State Bengals last night in Bozeman, 73-68. A couple big shots down the stretch by a couple of Montana State's veteran guards. Darian White uh, hit a dagger with a, as the with about a, a minute left in this one. And, uh, Andrew, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Montana State's been playing great basketball. Uh, our Andrew Houghton, SkylandSportsMT.com, as well as our producer here at ESPN Missoula, um, Montana State's been playing great basketball. But five wins in ten days, I thought that the Cats had a chance to be a little fatigued in this game. I also thought, though, because of Idaho State and their defensive principles and the way that they sort of dare you into making, taking taking bad shots, Montana State's been so sporadic and for most of the year, except for during this winning streak, quite frankly, bad, shooting the ball from deep. I just thought this was a, an opportunity for the Cats to look flat, come out, and shoot the ball poorly. And I thought Idaho State was going to run away with this thing. Not so much. Cats went blow for blow with ISU, and uh, that's a big victory for Trisha Benford's squad. Yeah, Coulter, I think your your analysis was pretty spot on. I mean, six games in 14 days is pretty tough for anybody. I think what helped them was that that game was at the Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. They had a good crowd, and I think they were able to carry that momentum and that energy a little bit. And I also think that affected Idaho State a little bit. Idaho State was missing some layups uncharacteristically, getting out of the flow of the offense a little bit. But like you said, X's and O's wise, I mean, really the big difference was Montana State's uh, sort of peripheral players hitting big three-pointers. Caitlin Lamardo yep. hit a couple threes earlier. Madison Jackson hit a couple threes. Montana State jumped out to a – they were up 15 points in the second quarter sure, of this right. game. Idaho State had to grind back and make it a game, and they did. And Idaho State led for most of it, but I think it was Idaho State running out of gas a little bit at the end. Totally. And you're familiar having lived in Pocatello and covered Idaho State uh, in depth last year during their run to the NCAA tournament. Idaho State, their identity under Seton Sobolewski, especially with this current iteration of players, has changed a bit. They still hang their hat on defense and toughness and physicality, but they also run so much, uh, so much offense. I mean, they're very sophisticated offensively. Their actions and stuff, you can see the, the, the international influence uh, from their players. That said, though, last year, every time I watched Idaho State, it was like teach tape. It was just beautiful. Hardly any sort of clunks in the, in the operation. It seems like things just aren't as in flow. They're 9-3 and three in league still, so they're definitely a contender in this conference still. It just it doesn't seem like it's coming nearly as easy for Idaho State so far this year. No doubt, Coulter. I think that's a function of just, I mean, they haven't had that lineup. And I know Seton Sobolewski talked about this on the show yesterday. They've had their their projected starting lineup for this season for all of two games, and it's been the last two games, and they haven't looked great in those games. But, I mean, they had their starting point guard, Diablo Canate, was out for the entire first half of the season. Dora Golish has been out. Kelly Bourne has just come back into the lineup. Estefi Ors is the only one of their four stars who's really been around for the whole season, and she had to modify her game to sort of carry the team when some of those girls were out. I think she's taken a big step forward, and now with everybody back, it's sort of... How do you how do you change back and sort of get back into the flow of everything and get people back into the roles that they filled so well last year? And it, it is a process, but like you said, still a lot of talent on that team. They do still play, I mean, when they're on Coulter, when they're running, gorgeous basketball because they've got four above-average passers on the court. Just raises the raises the level of that team so much. No, it's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. How about a six-pack and a sandwich from Warden's Market? Plus... A discussion about race in America through the lens 
of the NFL. Keep it right here. CSPN Radio. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Yes, I did. So I packed it up and brought it back to the crib. Just a little something, show you how we live. Everybody want it, but it ain't that serious. Mm-hmm. That's that. So if you gon' do it, do it just like this. Oh, baby. The perils of social media, man. I, I think that it's ruining our brains for sure. And I don't even mean that as like a get off my lawn. I actually think there's a fundamental chemistry that makes constant comparison, make every person vapid and transparent if you sink down too far into it. Yet, the wealth of information at our disposal is so awesome. And so that's all to say that even though I don't really love the presence of Instagram in our lives, there are some sweet accounts you can follow. So, like, I'm following this one now, where, and that's how I got the idea for today's show, where it shows you the original clip of a song and then the the hip-hop version of the sample. So right there, we just went from Steely Dan song yeah, totally. from the 70s into this Kanye West jam. I had no idea this was a sample. So that would be the theme for the day. Just some of the uh, most sampled songs. In I already hip-hop. know two of the samples from, from the other it. songs. Man. One was my grandmother's, like, one of her favorite songs. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I can't wait to get into it. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Your one-stop shop for all things hip-hop education, as well as talking some sports here on a Friday. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It is the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Northwest Motorsport, proud sponsor of the Nuanas Now Studio. How about get your weekend started off right? I was down at Warden's Market earlier today. Picking up some vino for our Valentine's Day giveaway. Stay tuned for more details on that later in this show and throughout next week as well. I'll give you a hint. Part of the prize includes a delicious bottle of wine from Warden's Market. They also, though, got a new deli down at Warden's. It's the same old deli. It's the same menu, but they remodeled the whole thing. So it's super sweet. Um, Gives all the people back there a lot more space and uh, resources to work with. So as if it could even be possible for the sandwiches at Warden's to get better. I mean, they're doing it right down there at Warren's Market. Go check out the shiny new deli and also learn all about wine, all about everything that makes your life better from one of the best staffs anywhere in Missoula. And how about we give you a reason to go down there right now? 406-888-1029, car number three. I got a six-pack of beer of your choice. Just ask Mark or Wes or anybody else down there to help you pick out something new, something fun. We also got a sandwich from Warden's Market. I had myself a TBLT on the baguette for lunch today. Mm, it was delicious. Six-pack and a sandwich for Warden's Market. Call us right now, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Car number three, we got a six-pack and a sandwich from Warden's Market. From the uh, joys of the oldest grocery store in Missoula to the uh, the perils and uh, some of the seriousness of what's going on in the NFL right now. Yes, sir. Uh, I think that anybody that has followed sports or follows the NFL, you know the deets. Brian Flores 
head coach for the Miami Dolphins, one of the prominent black coaches in the NFL, and one of the last standing black coaches in the NFL, which we're going to get to that dynamic in just a moment. But a guy who's also a disciple of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, he was fired in Miami despite two straight winning seasons for a largely pathetic franchise. And uh, that that in itself was controversial. Uh, and then, be, in the irony that is the NFL... <laughs> You're one day away from getting fired and then two days away from getting hired, no matter who you are, as long as you haven't burned all the bridges. And uh, Brian Flores goes from being fired in Miami to one of the top candidates for the other head coaching jobs because nine guys got fired this offseason. And he's in the mix in Buffalo. And then all of a sudden, Bill Belichick texts the wrong Brian. Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, was also a Bill Belichick uh, disciple. And Belichick texted Dable congratulating, or excuse me, he texted Flores congratulating Dable for getting the New York Giants job. And Flores re- responds, Coach, do you know something I don't know? Because I haven't interviewed for the Giants job yet. That's come, coming next. And then Bill Belichick says, oh, man, I've screwed this up. I've texted the wrong Brian. And, and so this starts the ball rolling. And that part is sort of funny, just the old man Bill Belichick blowing the whistle on the NFL. Oh, man, the irony there. Oh, that's a show in and right? of itself. Right? But then there, this now, though, is opened up a bloody hornet's nest. Not only do we have a re-address of the Rooney Rule, which I think is pertinent, which we're going to talk about that here in a minute as well, but then we also have all this other stuff, all this uh, exterior stuff coming down the pipe as well that's part of this class action lawsuit that Brian Flores has now filed against several NFL franchises and as well as the NFL as a whole. We're also going to get into the details of the class action part of this as well, but just your initial reaction to this. My initial reaction to it is there's... Part of the way Flores is dealing with this that I do not appreciate, it just feels like he's kind of swinging, but the lawsuit is based off a very meritous situation. And what I mean by that is, again, I'm not agreeing with everything Flores is doing, but I am agreeing with some of the light he's shedding on the subject because it it, it is a longstanding, almost uh, black eye to the league. Uh, the disparity between who's filling the seats, who's who's out right. there sacrificing the bodies, there's a there's a huge disparity between labor and management for sure. No doubt about it. For those unfamiliar, the Rooney Rule is a rule that was put in place about 15 years ago. Uh, every NFL head coaching vacancy, any every NFL front office is required to interview at least one minority candidate for said opening. In principle, the rule is good. In execution, I think there's a lot to this rule and a lot to it being detrimental to what it's actually intended, what what it, what's what its actual intent and purposes is. Um, I think that when you have a rule like this, it's it sometimes turns potential head coaching candidates into tokens. It makes it... Pun intended, I hope. 100%. Thank you. No question. Absolutely. Right? So that, that's my biggest concern with this is, on one hand, because the NFL is a vast majority of black players, mm-hmm. you would think that most of the people that could be more most relatable and or most experienced within jobs of coaching in the NFL, particularly NFL head coaches, would be black men. But right now... Mike Tomlin is the only black head coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to have the door open for minority candidates in every in, in every position in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yet, though, I wonder if the requirement all, almost ironically turns some of these uh, potential candidates. I guess what I'm saying is 
How many times has Eric Bieniemy gotten interviewed for head coaching jobs? And then how many times was that authentic? This, that's what we've been shown by this, this um, dalliance by Bill Belichick with throwing a, a wrong text around. Flores was getting interviewed days after the Bills had already internally made their hire. They were only doing it as a formality. Like you were saying, check a box, check a box. Check a box, check a box. And I think that's the issue here. Well, well, I, I would also go further. The fact that Bill Belichick knew about this hiring right. for a team he is not, not associated with right. was also an interesting thing. Like, what other backdoor conversations, deals, and wheels are going on? Like, again, I'm not in total cahoots with what Flores is doing, but I am about uh, shedding some equitous light on on a subject that needs to have light shined down upon it in a in a perfect world there wouldn't be a requirement for a rooney rule because everybody that were candidates for jobs those would be based on merit and nothing else and race would not be a part of the issue that said we're not there it's not a perfect world so i don't know how to steer this because again i think that it's it's such a double-edged sword things like affirmative action things like the rooney rule they almost seem necessary because of the intrinsic and systemic racism that exists in almost every realm of the workforce in America. Yet, it seems as if those rules oftentimes are not actually promoting progress. They're only promoting, as you're saying, just checking a box. Yeah, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. And FCC, please don't find them. Find me for those words. Uh <laughs> If these, if the Rooney Rule isn't in place, the boxes don't even get checked. Guys aren't even allowed to come to the door. But when they are, when things like this aren't, it's almost like check the box next. We're not going to take sure. you anyway. It's it, it's it's not a fair system. Sure, right? There's there's no equality. There's definitely no equity in it. Yep. Uh, but it's something that is continually perpetuated uh, throughout the NFL. How do you have the majority of it and then the minority of it? Yeah. Like, it just, it doesn't add up. And sure. and, and whatever construct, whatever systemic issue is there, it's there. And the NFL's got to change it because uh, the connective tissue between players and owners and coaches, if something doesn't come and meet at a mesh point, it will implode, especially the more we talk about uh, equity, diversity, inclusivity, social justice, so on and so forth. Someone's going to start screaming about it. Part of this that's worth acknowledging, and this is just straight up cut and dry that is circumstantial, is that NFL head coaching opportunities go in waves and they go in cycles as well. Yes. And so, for example, right now there is just one black coach in the NFL. That's Mike Tomlin. Right. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. But there's also some guys that were head coaches that have lost opportunities that will get them again. True. And then there's also guys that haven't quite yet got their opportunity that will get them. So, for example, I truly believe that Todd Bowles will be an NFL head coach again someday. He was the head coach of the New York Jets. He fell out of favor, yep. but then he's been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won a Super Bowl. I do think that he – I guess what I'm saying is if he's not, that's an accentuation of this problem, right? Mm -hmm. I also do think that Byron Leftwich, who's the offensive coordinator True. for the Bucs, Raheem Morris, who's True. the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, I think those guys will get opportunities in the future, and again, if they don't, that's an accentuation of what we're talking about as, being, as being a huge issue. And then the, the other one that's worth noting uh, that's sort of outside of the construct of the NFL right now is Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards is a longtime NFL head coach True. who's now the head coach at Arizona State. If Herm Edwards was in the pool of coaches for the NFL, I also think that Herm Edwards would be a candidate. So there is sort of just the cycle of it all. But again, that just brings us all the way back around, though, to the fact that Brian Flores at least in this instance, it seems as if this was um, sort of almost 
visible proof of him not being real candidate for several jobs that he's absolutely qualified to have. Yeah, it, it, it's all about the timing, the the, the text messages, the receipts, uh, the sends. It'll be interesting how. Uh it all comes out, and the the song of the day going through my head with this subject matter is the Grateful Dead Shakedown Street. It's gonna once it, once the shakedown happens, man, we'll we'll see where the dust settles. And even if Brian Flores doesn't win this, and the if the if the lawsuit is dismissed, I still think there's enough light that's been shed on the subject that some sort of investigation or looking into will come into fruition uh, and may change the landscape of the NFL. The other thing that I find that is going to be interesting to follow within this is that. And again, there are some parts of this that have almost everything to do with the racial dynamic of it and other parts that have nothing to do with it. I do think that Brian Flores is going to be on the outside looking in during this coaching search. And that's a a secondary repercussion of the fact that he did file this class action lawsuit. Just because if he is wrapped up in litigation, I just don't think an NFL team would take a chance on him just as if... Anybody's suing somebody within an industry, you're likely not going to get a job by a peer in that industry. But that's the most compelling part about the, the lawsuit part of this, is that this was filed as a class action. So in other words, Flores, Who else is part of this? Flores needs another, a bunch of other similarly affected individuals to join him. Does he already have that group assembled, or does he not? If he does not, then he's he's doing this on a hope and there is a unfortunate situation in which he'll get left out to dry and no one will join him. I'm wondering if he does have someone uh, or someones waiting in the wings uh, just because he, this is a very smart man. And I, and I think that he wouldn't approach it this way if he didn't have his, his ducks in a row. Or one would hope. The last part of this, and again, this is outside of the Rooney rule and the racial elements of this, is that... Because of the, this lawsuit is going to have a whole bunch in discovery that's not about NFL head coaching vacancies. It's going to be about the operation of Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, the bribery that he was basically proposing to Brian Flores, offering him $100,000 per game to lose with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Flores came out and gave a, gave a great, great press conference. He was like... It's not in my nature to try to lose you games. I'm yeah. not, I don't care how much money you pay me. My intent as a football coach is to win. win. Period. So I'm I'm not going to take your money. But that's the other thing that's going to be fascinating is the fallout from that, the fallout of all these proposed tamperings that Brian Flores has cited in this lawsuit. But more importantly than anything, we've opened Pandora's box, and we've opened Pandora's box when it comes to sports gambling. We could sit a little less than two years ago. We could sit here and talk about you know joking about the the Tony Soprano that's going to be coming after the Miami Dolphins owner for for bribing to 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 uh, to force losses. Now, gambling's mainstream. Everybody's gambling. This is a if if this this and situations like this are going to be scrutinized at such a completely different level now. Because you're talking about if you put a bet on a game and that game is rigged, you're talking about millions and millions, if not billions of dollars that is is getting Locked washed up. away. Yeah, totally. so, so that's the other fascinating element of this is what comes out and how prevalent has this been because the incentivization of losing in professional sports it's it's a cut and dry part of the game, but it's also one of the worst parts of the game. Yeah, and and, and this kind of situation, who else was involved? Who else was being paid yeah. to kind of sabotage the person who may not have wanted to be the saboteur? Oh man, it's an X file and a trip down Alice's uh, <laughs> down the, the down the rabbit hole, all in the same breath. 
Text from a listener. By the way, if you want to be involved in the conversation, 888 That's 888-1029. Hugh Jackson, former head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, said that when making similar pay-to-tank accusations against the Browns owner, not Bengals, excuse me, Browns, Browns. Cleveland Browns, other Ohio team, um, Jackson said he would be willing to join Flores' lawsuit, which was filed as class action, if that's what needs to happen, he said in quotes, I'm not afraid to stand behind Brian when it comes to anything because I know what our men go through and I don't want this for the men that come behind me at all. So uh, at least one that's uh, maybe part of this class action lawsuit. This is something we're going to talk about um, more often, I, I promise you, because I think it's a multi-layered, deep, and important discussion point. But off the serious note, let's have some fun on a Friday. There's three Missoula guys who just signed with the Grizzlies. We'll break it down. What is their prospects on the football field? Our prep extra featuring three former Montana Grizz football players here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 billion. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio. Raj even knows the lyrics to the song that sampled this song. Do you know who this is, though? It isn't. I, that's not Isaac Hayes. Yes, it is. It is Isaac it Hayes. It is Isaac there Hayes. It is. Yeah. Shaft. What's up, baby? Shaft and Shaft. What's up, man? All at once. What's up? Isaac Hayes, gone too soon. R.I.P. That's the theme of the day. Samples that turned into famous hip-hop songs. That is Hung Up on My Baby by Isaac Hayes, which then became My Mind's Playing Tricks, Tricks on, on Me by the Ghetto Boys. What's up? I got you. Amazing how this you. all goes. Gotta love it. Rajim Seabrook in studio with me. Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now winding down hour number one, but don't worry. We got a second hour coming up for you. Prep Extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Attention all high school seniors and your parents. Scholarship applications are available now at FarmersEBank.com. Farmers State Bank has 10, count them, 10 scholarships that will be awarded this year. That's $100,000 to Montana high school grads. To review the qualifications and fill out your application, visit FarmersEBank.com. That's FarmersEBank.com. But hurry, deadline, March 15th. Farmers State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907, member FDIC. University of Montana signed 23 total new guys, 12 of them in December, 11 more on Wednesday. Three of those guys they signed on Wednesday hail from the city of Missoula. Two from the two-time defending state champion Sentinel Spartans. Joe Wyda, he's a six-foot-four tight end and also the son of longtime Grizz football trainer J.C. Wyda. And then Drew Clough, an excellent athlete, a three-sport athlete, one of the best track guys in the state of Montana. 
Also, a really good two-way player for the Spartans. He also will join Montana as an athlete. And then Ian Finch, who's an outstanding three-sport athlete at Missoula Hellgate, he'll play wide receiver uh, at the University of Montana. So uh, three local additions for the University of Montana football team. Before we get Rajim's take on these guys, let's hear from Bobby Houck. Just a couple minutes on the Missoula guys. I must say, I was was, uh, so muddled in my mind on who signed where, when, I had forgotten that Joe Wida was a signee on Wednesday, a new signee on Wednesday rather than in December. So I actually framed this question just asking about Drew Klumpf and um, Ian Finch. But the premise of the Missoula guys holds true. Bobby Houck. Yeah, I know you always like to recruit Montana guys. There was a distinctly Western Montana flavor to the first. But I want to ask about the two Missoula guys, Drew Klumpf and, and uh, Ian Finch. Both walk-on guys, but it seems like they both have a, a lot of potential and uh, seems like they kind of blossomed during their senior years. Yeah. No one lives in eastern Montana. Well, right. <laughs> Deserted. Like a few outposts, including the one I grew up in. Um, th- those guys are uh, they're good athletes. Three-sport guys. Drew is a he's a state track and field champion. I don't even know what he's going to play, but he he likes to play and he's a good athlete and he can run. So he'll find a home. Um, Ian's a little bit more defined that he's one of wide receiver sports, and uh, he really they both showed up in our camp last year. They were both good. Um, Ian goes up and gets every ball. He's got a real knack for winning on the so-called 50-50 balls. Um, and, you know, you mentioned they're both walk-ons. There's numerous kids in this class, including those two, that in a normal year where you get a normal allotment of scholarships are probably are scholarship guys. So, you know, again, we don't really even think of it that way. It's just guys are getting in the door. The, the line's a thousand long to try to walk on here. Yeah, you mentioned Clump is his track uh, prowess. 300 hurdles, I mean, it seems to me that that's a pretty mentally tough, mentally straining event. So, I mean, do you like that? Do you look for guys that do even some of those uh, over-the-top mental challenge type events? Yeah, a bunch of these guys in this class are track guys. Yeah. Um, Gilman and Genitone and others. Um, but Drew, he's, he's good in both hurdles. He's got good times. I think he'll run fast this spring. He's a lot faster than he did a year ago if, if he can get some weather to train in. Um, but, but, you know, I, we like hurdles. Hurdlers, you know, triple jumpers, pole vaulters, those guys tend to be pretty athletic. Do you win the state championship with the 300-meter hurdles? You're one tough son of a gun. I tell you that. That's exactly what Drew Klump did last year, and I think that sets him up uh, pretty good for uh, making his way at the University of Montana. But, Rajim, you coached at Sentinel the last handful of years, so you've uh, you've seen these guys grow up. Just give us a scout. First start with the two Sentinel guys, Joe Wida tied in and, and Drew Klump, a guy that doesn't have a position yet for University of Montana, but uh, I think he could play several positions there at UM. Well, I'll start at the beginning. I, I, I've been around some of these young men, young adults, since they were in middle school. So watching their maturation process just literally go leaps and bounds. And then from freshman year up to the, this beautiful senior year for both Drew and Joe has just been an amazing uh, a journey to like literally walk alongside them. I'll begin with uh, Drew Klump first. Drew's just a dog. 
Like Drew's a dog. He and and what I like about Drew is he's not a braggadocious guy. He's not a talker. He's just a doer, and he shows up time in and time out. This kid plays hurt. This kid plays sick. This kid plays under the weather, and he just makes plays wherever he goes. And he's not an accolade guy. Um, how how someone didn't offer this kid a scholarship, and of course I'm I'm ignorant of what's going on behind closed doors. But how this kid isn't being offered something somewhere else outside of the University of Montana almost saddens my heart because of how much effort he puts in, how much totally. energy he puts in, and and I'll be honest, how much he sacrifices. Um, he's just he's just a baller, and I'm I'm excited to see where where he goes. Now now Joe Wyden. What I like about Joe White is his upside is his, when you look at him from freshman year, his frame to where it has potential to go, Joe can grow another two to three inches and put on another five to ten pounds of muscles easily. Yeah. Uh, he's a wide wide body. He's uh, got great hands. He's got great feet. Um, he's a natural athlete, and he's almost uh, an anomaly because even though he lines up at the tight end, by the time he finishes his growth potential, he can be in almost in that John Talmadge, big wide receiver, sure. like a Big Ten kind of guy. Uh, I think Joe Wyda also has a beautiful uh, cerebral cortex for the game. Like, Well, that's the set. All these subtle guys are... Yes. Justin Green, University of Montana recruiting coordinator, told me that one time. He said that the reason Sentinel has become a hotbed, uh, a, a hot spot for Division One recruiters, is the program. It's the program. Uh, I've been saying that for years. We don't have a good, team. We have a program. Really good athletes, for sure. But there's always been great athletes in Missoula. True. Dana Oliver and his staff, including yourself, has, has done such a great job of advancing the way that these guys prepare. And that's been the thing that I think has been the biggest difference. And that's why you see couple handfuls now of uh, former Spartans playing for both the Cats and the Grizz. Yeah, and Joe and 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 and, and Drew Comfort part of that like that what, what was started I would almost say 5 years ago of wanting to play for the program instead of having a good team has just literally trickled down trickled within the, the program at Sentinel and then it's also bled out into other sports programs under the same roof. Uh but going back to Drew and and, and Joe Wyda, uh the brains match the bodies, the bodies match the souls and the souls match the spirits and these two young men have so much potential in front of them and I'm just, I'm so happy and I'm happy to know them on the coach's level too. And watch out, Grizz, these boys are coming for you. I think there's a lot of guys. That, here's, I said this on signing day during my rant, my yearly rant. And I said, here's the cut and dry of it. At this level of football, the FCS level of football, especially in the state of Montana, and especially guys that are from Montana, what you are now, what you're going to become, are two completely different things. And so what you become, First and foremost, depends on your fortitude. Depends on how long you can stick it out. If you stick it out, if you get it to the end, if you play four or five years, you will be good enough to play in the Big Sky Conference. And I think all these guys, though, they fit that mold. They'll, they'll fit in the program very well. That is our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Carolyn's muse retired. She's heartbroken. Forlorn. The chick who doesn't know sports. First one ever in the post-Tom Brady era. Keep it right here. Nuanas now. <laughs> the advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406 406- 640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 